that was really cute. <laughs> I messed around with it today. And it's way too peppy music, but it's the music that I started at the beginning with. And so I will keep using it. It's pretty good. It makes you excited for the books. <laughs> at least this book isn't quite, it's depressing, but it's not it is quite. Depressing. It's not quite as bleak as like an entire apocalypse. On it, yeah. I don't know. I I thought it was bleaker, really, almost, and in, like in, in, a, like in a, a different person. way. Yeah, it's it's more of a. a yeah, I, I felt like Orcs and Craig from before was more like I could detach from it a lot more. This one, there was no detaching from. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's the whole like the death of millions is nothing, but like the death of one is a tragedy. Yeah. Well, that's not quite what was happening, but I get I get your point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so welcome to Even Footnotes. We are today discussing, I don't know if it'll be backward, Babel by R.F. Kuang. That is our book for this month. Today, just Kayla, Rick, and I are going to be doing this because other people got sick and have stuff. So their loss. Stupid stuff getting um, out of the way. But Rick, I understand that you have only finished this book today, so I think that means you're it for just a about, basic overview. About ten minutes ago, I think. <laughs> Rick, I was saying this to Aaron, and I wanted to tell this to you in person, so I'm going to do it live, so that way, you know, there's all this, so that way it's recorded. I, reaction. I need to eat my hat a little bit, because I truly did not believe that you were going to finish this book. Wow. And wow. I doubted you the entire time, and I'm actually very proud of you for finishing this book <laughs> 10 minutes before longer. stream started. To be yeah. fair, it's to be like fair, I was, more than I was doing pages. the audiobook. And not gonna lie, today it was like two times speed, so it was real fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I made it. You did. I'm surprised. I, I will say, I think you did partly the audiobook as well for this as I did. I listened to parts of it mostly because my kiddo was starting school and the <laughs> carpool line at his school was taking me two hours a day to get through. One hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon. And it's it a, was like, a lot. <laughs> and it's like a 21, 22 hour audiobook. So I also think that the audiobook added a lot to it because I wouldn't be able to speak the, any of the, the Chinese. And so it was nice to be able to hear that audibly. And so sometimes, because you can kind of skip through with chapters, I really liked the footnote aspect of the book. I liked it, especially in the audiobook. I mean, I haven't read the physical book at all, but I liked that they, number one, had a different speaker for the footnotes. And number yeah. two, that they actually read them and they didn't skip over them like other audiobooks do do other audiobooks i mean i've not read or not i've not listened i to just a lot i just recently notes, listened to one of because uh, i think penguin random house is re-recording all of terry pratchett's books and i listened to mort and they have bill nye doing all of the footnotes in oh, all that. of the wow. books i love that wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like whenever there's a footnote because that's the one i can think of that there's a lot of footnotes in yeah. in discworld so but i those those audiobooks by the way if you have like those are great like i had read all of them but i was just like mm -hmm. ooh, i have a credit and <laughs> i would like to listen to this but uh, totally unrelated to Babel. but kayla and i were talking the other day i totally thought that i owned good omens i'm 
I'm dumb. It's not good omens. I own small gods. Oh, it's a different book. <laughs> <laughs> but not that by Neil have... Gaiman at all. Yeah, he, he's not involved to my knowledge at all. So, like, I, I panicked. I was looking for it, and then I was like, oh, shit. I just own this one. <laughs> you mentioned, like, the synopsis. This is kind of a hard one to give a synopsis for, in my opinion, because there's, like I was talking about, you know, in our, our Discord chat, it's kind of, to me, sort of a typical English book. Not, like, textbook, but just that old time of English literature where it's a little bit slow and not a lot happens or what does happen is kind of just like interpersonal stuff and then all of a sudden stuff starts happening there's a few like major plot points though i think that I we could say, go through I, yeah as far as like a synopsis so i think that we're and I don't know if I just assume that it is cholera in the beginning of the book. or It is cholera. Say, okay. They say it's cholera. Okay. I couldn't remember if I read this at the very beginning of the month. So <laughs> mm-hmm. my, my memory will be a little bit, but we, we meet a, a boy whose mother and family have, are all dying or, or dying have died of cholera. He is very ill. He is saved by an white unknown man. white man. <laughs> who comes and waves some silver over him because this has a, this is a alternative history where magic is basically fueling all of technology and it is all based on translation and silver. I Um, will say I, I kind of personally wish that they had explained that a little bit sooner because I was really confused and did some Googling and accidentally spoiled part of it for myself. Because when they were talking about like heating the food with silver, like silver bars, I'm like, what is that? I don't know if that's like a tiny thing that I'm just not familiar. Oh, with. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess I got that from like the synopsis on the back of the book originally, and like our discussion with it when we first started reading it. So I had that knowledge going into it. But yeah, that's like I think that's on the back of the book about like the magic yeah. is the silver bars that you use language to translate the magic into i actually like that it (laughs) i actually like that it took a while to get to it because it is it like once you know the the mechanism behind it then it's less mysterious Mm -hmm. and as a child he would have been like oh it is just magic but like as a weird happen happenstance my husband was reading the open veins of south america which is all about colonizers coming and stealing all the silver from South America. Funny. And, and I was like, way crossover. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it was wild. And so he was telling me about his book, and I'm telling him about my book. And <laughs> Aw, that's so cute. <laughs> well, he's a he's a nonfiction boy, uh-huh. and I'm a fiction girly, so... It's just the fiction version of his book. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, let's continue the synopsis. So, little boy is saved by a mysterious white man with silver who decides to just say, hey, I'm going to bring you back to England with me, and otherwise you'll be on the streets. But you'll have to work hard and and become an Englishman. And so he starts tutoring him in languages. First of all, he's from Canton. He mostly speaks Can- Cantonese. But the white man says, hey, Cantonese? 
don't worry about it. We're only going to worry about Mandarin. And you need to learn Latin and Greek and English and all, you know, all the languages. But the one that you naturally speak, just that one's not important. So then he works really hard, reads a lot. Old white guy is a jerk. There is some abuse in that relationship. And eventually he gets to go to Oxford. I, I will say before we get too far into that whole thing, I kind of thought it was weird that early on, you know, they just sort of mentioned it in passing. Like whenever he, he chooses his name, because in the typical white man fashion, they say, well, you can't use your Chinese name because oh, no yeah. one can, can pronounce it, which is not true. They're just being lazy. Yeah. But, you know, he, he picks his name based on his favorite book. Yeah. And it was a little strange to me that he had all of these books and like he knew some English already. You know, we'll we'll talk more about that later. But it was it was odd. It was just something that I noticed. Well, and right at the beginning, they mention he has lots of English books. He has sent many, many books. They are his treasures. And so he was always, always reading. His parents had a interesting white maid that was being oh, yes. paid by somebody that they didn't know was she was being paid by. And she's the one that gave him all of the books. Yes, Amanda, we know. Yeah. We've spoiler. read the book. I was, I was trying, not to, <laughs> trying not to spoil all of it yet. <laughs> we were getting the there. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to go to Oxford. He joins the Translation College, which is the kind of prestigious. Most, most prestigious college. It is also the most diverse college because everyone who goes there has to speak other languages. So unlike all the other colleges, there are people of different colors and women in the college, which is wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he has a cohort that is four people. So Robin is our, our main character's name that he chooses. We have Robin, Rami, Victoire, and Letty. And so... Oh, man, that must have been an audiobook thing because I was not pronouncing it Victoire. Yeah, oh, that's... I don't know how to pronounce French. Oh, yeah, that's just how you say that name. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, yeah, Victorie, because victory, <laughs> great. So she was Victorie the whole time. I mean, damn it. For me, for me, because I did not learn. I learned German in high school. I took two years of that, and that has helped me so much in life, meaning zero. I, I would have not known any of the French or the Latin, really, other than a little bit, you know. So it it was more than just the the Mandarin and Cantonese. It was all of it for me. I mean, there were lots of languages. To be clear, once. What else did we have? I mean, French was, there was a lot, but there was also Haitian and Creole and in Hindi Greek, and Latin, uh, Arabic. Latin. Yeah, so there were lots of languages and it was a very, very intensely linguistic book. The I whole... would have loved to have heard it on audiobook, but there was like a eight month wait for the audiobook. So. <laughs> Libraries. The worst. 
Except not. I, <laughs> except yeah, I've no, checked my book out from the library, so I'm just going to get the audiobook. From the library. I'm just kidding, because we all love libraries here. But I didn't... This one I own. But I lots of library love. So these four people go through their four years of college together-ish. I think actually we don't it's go like all the way three. It's three. Like three and I three think. and a half. Yeah. And that that's all I want to say for the overall synopsis. And then we'll kind of break down it slower. The um, themes. Yeah, but they, and they are a close-knit group of because they are basically going through these things all together. They're in a very it's very rigorous academically they think none of the other classes like them but they realize later on that it's actually just that they're all exhausted and they don't have time to say hi to anybody because it's hard and you know they come they they come in starry-eyed freshmen and they leave like haggard pale uh, senior classmen yeah they they all leave rick we're not there yet But also, I mean... They leave, okay? (laughs) That's the verb that we're choosing to use. Yeah. But also, some of them were just straight-up bigots. You know, yes, it was largely just that they were exhausted and they didn't want to deal with these, you know, very energetic, you know, excited kids to them. But some of them straight-up were just hateful xenophobes and bigots. Absolutely. I will also mention that this is one of the most diverse cohorts that they've ever had. They have two men of color and then one woman of color and two women and two women. So what, although Rami is from India and, and so looks much like Robin is half white as we discover. And as Amanda mentioned, we (laughs) do in fact find out that unknown white man is in fact Robin's actual bio dad and he comes and just kind of hangs out in China a lot and maybe fathers some kids so that they can learn English I guess he's a charmer yeah so it's pretty diverse though I mean they had had women and like one or two people of color before but usually like one at a time right and Also, I will mention that the fact that Letty is a white woman who does classical languages, which is like French and Spanish and Italian, those languages, the magic is dying off from those. Because as English picks up loanwords from other things, we lose those differences in translation that makes the magic happen. And so it is clear that the languages with the most power are the ones that are more rare for English people. Well, to speak. Should we, before we go too much further, should we talk about how the magic actually works? Cause we haven't really. Yeah, absolutely. That. Well, let's talk first about like, let's broaden the scope a little bit. So kind of like the whole thing with this book is about languages, which I kept saying like in the chat while we were reading this book, how nerdy this book is. Cause it's like, RF Kuang is like definitely a language nerd. Like you can tell. She obviously speaks multiple languages. She's obviously like studied this intensely, like made this her whole personality kind of a thing. And, and you, you can, can tell, tell when you're reading to, it. Yes. You can tell that she went to school there too. <laughs> yes. To a, well, yeah. And to a prestigious <laughs> language college <laughs> because of the amount of like footnotes and like translation notes and all of this stuff about language and the history of language. 
It's not something I would have normally have read, personally, but I'm glad to have read it. But it's like, it's if you like language, it is a language nerd's dream to read, for sure. <laughs> because of all the like language stuff, like, what we were trying to get to is that the the like magic, which I don't even know if you could really call it magic, it's kind of that's kind of a loose term. It was described as magic going into the book, and then after reading the book, I'm like, eh, meh. It's an unseen force, I guess, but it's all controlled by language and translation. So and you the write different, oh, the differences yeah. between the two words, mm-hmm. where there isn't an exact translation. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so it's the change of two words while it's being translated from one language to another, and that kind of like in between meaning is how you get the effect of the magic. And it also will... requires silver. I, it I does. Don't, I don't remember if they explained why specifically silver, why not um, other elements, but that that is the one that. Right. And also, because they do say this in the book, that it comes from South America where the colonizers steal it from the natives. So Mm -hmm. in this, the colonizers are stealing the material and the languages that power the magic. And I will say it's not like a hard and fast magic system. It is more of a soft magic system where it's like, yeah, it's a little wibbly wobbly. The magic's in the in between. It's not if you need a hard magic system, this isn't it. It's more sciency, anyways. Like they kind of like explain everything, and then like it's all controlled by the silver that they create and like set up, you know. And it points that you're like sitting in lectures with them, like <laughs> literally yeah. just learning about the translation yes. and explaining how. If you translate the word translate on a bar of silver, it like explodes and like then ruins that silver can't be used in anything else. If that silver touches any more silver, that silver is going to lose all its magic. So you're just sitting watching these guys go to class sometimes. But it it is is extremely nerdy. I will say how did like overall thoughts of how you liked it? Rick, you just read it, so you have the most to say, probably, but I liked it. I would, pro- like, out of 10, I would probably say I liked it about, like, a 6, 6.5 out of 10. It's not something I would have read, but I'm glad to have read it. It was a lot, sometimes. It was a little too nerdy for me at other times, like, the whole, like, academia kind of, like, historical fiction that's not really my scene but it was interesting and it made me feel a lot of things so i enjoyed it overall i would say yeah the last couple chapters especially it was like holy shit we went from kind of you know like you said aaron sometimes sitting in class and it they touched on some some heavier themes but it was always just kind of like well we'll keep going and we'll just go to the next semester or mm-hmm. term i guess yeah. they call it and then those last couple chapters, it's like, holy shit, I'm going to feel a whole lot of feelings today. Meaning me all day. <laughs> Until 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Well, so now I... it's like 30 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I finished this, I think, on the the fourth of the month. So it has literally been a while. And immediately afterward, I was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And then I sat with it. And I was like, actually, I'm going to downgrade my Mm -hmm. rating 
And so I do on a five point scale. And so initially I was like, it's a 4.5 for me. And then it became a four. And then it's maybe like a 3.75 for me. And I really like it. (laughs) And I Mm -hmm. think that the three is a good book rating. So, Mm -hmm. but there are pacing issues with this book. There is no subtlety. And I feel like if you have to go in and not expect your audience to understand, like the, there was no point in which she was letting it be up to us, the readers, to say colonialism bad. She says it so explicitly throughout the text that I feel like she didn't trust people to get that on their own, which Maybe fair, but also maybe not for the audience that this book is intended for. It also just felt really personal, you know, mm-hmm. like very much. I mean, obviously it's anti-colonialism and there's nothing wrong with that, but it was just like that was the entire tone. Like white people destroyed everything. All these people of color have suffered. And it was just like very, Pretty like, awesome. very strongly implemented, like Aaron was saying. Like, there was no, like, redemption. No single white person was ever good. Do you no, know what I mean? No, that's not true. That is not true. Well, I don't want to get into it quite yet, but yeah, there is okay. somebody... There yeah, there is somebody who definitely, at the end, the professor... Mm, yeah, you're right. ...is, is not... She well, she gives up everything for the cause. And, and you know, there so, were others, too. Till the end. Mean, it was also very like anti you know not just like anti-colonial but anti-capitalist yeah in that you know the working class they may not be totally innocent of the crimes of colonialism but they did not willingly participate for the most part they you know participated by not taking the time and making the effort to be aware of what was going on but once they knew more of what was going on and they were already fighting their own fight once they realized hey we're on the same side Yes, it's it's not subtle, but I think it is a good message to remind people. Like, well, hey, and I think the point is the that side. it's like they're she's trying to make you feel like what it would have been to be these characters in this time period, right? Which was often uncomfortable, and I think that's the point. Yeah, I, I my I think my point was is that I feel like I want to know who exactly the audience of this book was trying to be, because if it is trying to get the letties of the world, right? The the people who absolutely think that they're doing the best and like don't see what they're doing as being a performative ally kind of thing. Are those people going to read this book and see themselves in it with that heavy-handed message? I don't think it's for the letties of the book. I don't think the letties of the world are going to read this book. Yeah, and I mean, maybe we should maybe we should continue with our synopsis because Letty's a whole can of worms. <laughs> well, yeah. So at university, we've got our three friends, and well, three to Robin. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're a cohort, the four of them. But I everything is from Robin's point of view, except one thing. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, I know exactly where you're going with this. It bothered me so much. (laughs) So at some point, RF Kwong, I think, got the idea 
and understood that we were not understanding other people's perspectives in this book enough. And so one chapter is given to each of the three people. Like randomly throughout the book, though. Yeah. That's yeah. what that was when I noticed the pacing was like super off. I was like, what is happening? And then it never comes back to them again. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I kind of wish that they had done that more in the throughout. Instead of, yeah. Instead of it being like. Or like back to back. Like all three of them had a chapter back to back. Yeah. I could see that as well. But I think, I think more interspersed throughout like the beginning portions of it, if you kind of met them. And saw a little bit of their backstory. Instead of them having to tell you, if you could, like, see it and say, like, oh, well, this is some of what they dealt with. Because it, it, not to skip too far ahead, but, like, Victoire, hers is all exposition. We learned a lot about her backstory because she goes into a whole thing about her past towards the end. Well, it's as it's as an epilogue, which I was like, why even have it? And at that point, it was like, well, she's already done the other two, so now we have to do Victoire at the end of the book. I was like, this is so dumb. I mean, they did they did a little bit, you know, where she's talking to Robin about like her past and stuff. Yeah, but it wasn't like her chapter until like as the epilogue. But yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah, it does it does take you out of the moment. And I was gonna also say that Rami's chapter is the first chapter that Mm -hmm. we get other than from Robin's point of view. And it is more than halfway through the book. Mm -hmm. It felt stilted. It felt like, oh, I realize I have missed this point. And so I've needed to throw in uh, a Rami, a Letty, and a Victoire chapter. And I wish that we had felt them a little bit more thoroughly well and the the tone of all three was totally different because rammy's was like backstory letty's was like after the big reveal with letty far after that had happened and then it comes back around it's barely even like backstory it's more just like her as like defending herself in her own chapter kind of a thing and then victoire was an epilogue so i was like what the fuck is happening with these people you know yeah very quickly into coming to Oxford, Robin kind of runs into some people who are burgling the Tower of Babel. So that's the you the the college is called Babel because it is a large tower like the biblical Babel. And he runs across people who are stealing stuff out of it and helps them. Like Robin, he meets a guy who looks a lot like him suspiciously. And kind of helps him out because of that and helps some people steal some stuff. Uh, Finds out pretty quickly that this is his half-brother, that Professor Lowell Lovell, who is, you know, unnamed white man, as we said earlier, (laughs) he actually does have a name, (laughs) has fathered more than one Chinese children and brings them to britain to be language students also around the same time it may be slightly later but it's interesting to me that we learned that professor level didn't have any money or position until he married a into a rich family Mm -hmm. had kids with this woman and then had nothing to do with them basically Mm -hmm. so he's not (laughs) only he's He's a gold digger yeah like he's not only a piece of shit who like goes and you know knocks up Chinese women, but he does it in his own country, too, just so that he can advance in position and wealth. They make it very clear from, I think, probably year two, 
that things like this magic does not cost anything to keep up, but they keep charging people for it basically so that they can make more money. Yeah, and they like, control the supply completely. Yeah. And they even say around that same time that, you know, we could make it last longer. But like you said, but Kaylee, then we, then the we wouldn't have the income. And we could also charge less, but we set the prices and nobody yeah. knows the difference. Yeah. yeah. So it is only benefiting them and the ultra wealthy. It's taking away jobs from working class people and the labor union movement in England. And so the anybody who is not upper class and white doesn't get to... Yeah. From this. What I notice is that at least for this time period in England is that the silver is essentially like steam and coal power mm-hmm. that kind of revolutionized England, even though they still have steam and coal in this like universe, silver kind of made them obsolete. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of like the way that things progressed is exactly the same as it progressed with coal and steam. Well, it, it is interesting to me that they didn't really talk about this until very, very close to the end where they talked about you know without getting into all the other details of it but they talked about like how the silver affected like steam engines how Mm -hmm. it didn't just remove them but it amplified them it almost made them more like our engines Mm -hmm. now right and just reduced how much coal they needed but it made it so that way like coal wasn't that effective of a power source like it would have been back then right it also made things run more smoothly run more safely run um, make things cleaner cleaner yes yeah more more aesthetic yeah i do think it's interesting how it's like they kind of imply that it almost worked like a gps or something or like the the like shitty tesla self-driving system (laughs) where you know they, they talk at one point about somebody when the silver isn't working for reasons we'll get into that somebody is like not paying attention going around a corner and they crash and they go Mm -hmm. off a cliff because of it's like that's that's interesting to me that it, it works in those weird minute ways mm-hmm. because they had they had basically like a safely home kind of thing on all the transportation mm-hmm. that was just just about making sure people wouldn't get hurt. It um, was like actually I think it was actually translated for safety and efficiency. Yeah, at, in the same bar, so that way you could go faster and be safe. And also, like, be efficient and still be safe. So you could, like, take really tight corners really fast, and then the, like, carriage would correct itself. Right. So we have a brother who has disappeared himself from the school. He has faked his own death, which we kind of come to find out is a pretty common thing. (laughs) That people just, you know, on these trips abroad, they just kind of disappear sometimes. And what they're actually doing is then trying to level the playing field, give the countries that are supplying the languages silver. They're trying to kind of make it so that Oxford is not the only business in town. They're trying to kind of Robin Hood, like be able to cure people of diseases. Like at the beginning, we... Dr. Lovell is able to just cure him by having him speak this word that is engraved in a silver bar to cure him of cholera. But he was also aware that dad was there in for weeks and his mom was dying in front of him. And it, you know, then he just comes one day and says, okay, just you, 
I just save you, little Robin. How convenient. Yeah. But so did the same thing to Griffin, who is the brother. Griffin is working with this undercover, you know, group of students trying to level the playing field. And Robin wrestles with that. He has to, he's, he has more freedom. He has friends that he loves. He gets a stipend to be at the college. He's never had so much freedom or had so much fun with people that love and care about him. And yet he knows throughout this that what he's doing is wrong. And Griffin wants him to really commit to taking down the institution. And he's like, I'm not sure about that. I do want to mention as a point while we're talking about Robin in these early parts of university, Robin and Rami are kind of our only romantic subplot. Uh, it was what so do you guys think about that? <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I didn't want to, you know, jump straight to that, but I was going to ask, like, are they? Because it's never explicitly stated at any point. Like, they never. Well, but this, it's never, like written. Like, I know, but it's written in like him looking at Rami's like beautiful brown eyes when they're having a sunset picnic together their first day in oxford there's like a handful of moments that are very much written to be romantic and robin calls him my rammy like throughout like but it's not until like things really really escalate that that's when i was like okay i i see yeah i think the i i was taking it to assume though that in 1800s oxford where two men from totally different cultural backgrounds are now in colonialism. Yeah, two men England. of color who are already second class citizens yes. in the university. There's no way they're ever going to admit to being queer. Ever. Yeah. And I kind of assumed that was the point. But it was like kind of frustrating that she put all that in so soon and then just like never addressed it again, except for that that point where uh, Letty was crying to Robin. Yeah. Over Rami, and Robin was like, oh no, like she loves Rami, and I probably do too. Yeah. See, uh, that was kind of that was kind of it. And see, I I wasn't sure because I'm not super well versed on like that era, especially English history at that time. Like it just really wasn't that interesting to me. So I I don't know a ton about it, but I know at times in the past, like male relationships are a little bit more, I don't know, open than they are stereotypically today. Maybe yeah, if you sure. were a rich white man. Right. I also right. think that they point out the fact that while all of the students have, have they are all kind of in their own way looked down upon, they also mention that Robin and Rami are allowed to like walk around and are allowed to do things that Victoire and Letty can't do because they have They're to women. like... They're women and they have to like have men sign books out from the library so Mm -hmm. that their poor little heads won't forget about them or something. I don't know. But Robin and Rami have to sign out books for them. So there are things that like, like Kayla was saying, yeah, if you're a white man, there are some things that they at least had the chance to like hang out together and whether they, yeah, could it have been like, could they have admitted to anything more? Probably not, but I, it's tough. But I also, 
I also yeah. think even if they were white men at that time, they couldn't have openly been queer no. because no. it still would have been just as well, not well, just because I mean I don't Yeah, like you're saying, I don't know the history, but it seems like at least the way it was written from this point of view that it was very much the nuclear family was already full in full swing as far as like those ideologies, you know, like you the man is in charge of the household. The woman stays home, you know, like women's rights were still like just barely budding at that time. Yeah, because they do. Uh, and I don't I don't imagine that like homosexuality would have even been understood. Probably not by society at large. I know that it existed. And I know that there were people. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, it existed throughout the whole world in all right, of history. Right. But I mean, like even even publicly, there were people who were openly gay. But we do know that there are people. I think it was Oscar Wilde who was imprisoned and I believe even executed for being gay sometime in this era-ish. Yeah. Well, and I also think, though, that it had they, like, decided to go all in on this, they could have had wives that they left in a, you know, in a country house similar to how Professor Lovell has a wife and could have lived apart. And at least as men, they maybe could have done that, right? Mm-hmm. Fun hunting trips together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also think Rami points out when Letty makes advances at him that there's no way ever that he would have consideration toward her because of that it would not be safe for him, which mm-hmm. I think is he's like, I'm a brown man and she's a white girl. Like it's mm-hmm. just not ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, who knows if, like, Robin maybe could have gotten married, but probably not Rami. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, it's a bummer that the romance didn't happen, but ultimately I think it kind of helped with how this book was written, because I think it would have just kind of made it yet another weird pacing issue for us, you know? I just wish they had given me a little bit more. I know. It's like, it was like almost like a little too... She just, like, sprinkled it a little too little for me, well, also, you know? Also, they, they talk so much about how, especially, you know, the, the two boys, they were with each other late into the night, you know, sometimes well, almost until morning, mm-hmm. studying and doing other Like, they could have totally just been, like, open at that point, you know? Yeah. Well, and also, I remember a point where, so very early on, I think maybe the first day they meet, Remy starts calling Robin Birdie. Birdie. And then at some point, Letty calls Robin Birdie, and he's like, no. Don't ever call me that. <laughs> well, only Remy called him that. Right. Yeah. So it was, I, it was, I really wish that we had been able to get a little bit more. But at the same time, I feel like it would have just made it that much more tragic. You know, yeah. like, it would have been just, like, too much of, like, a heavy-handed But maybe, maybe, the, maybe the we need a called Babble... Like, what is it called? An arcane... The necessity of violence. violence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The arcane history of the Oxford Translators Revolution. So if you went into this thinking that it was going to not be a translator's revolution, that just spoiled that for you on the title page. Yeah, this is Um, is a Victorian lighthearted college romp, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is until it's not. Right. It was indeed a translator's revolution. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, yeah. Do we want to get? Do we want to get to that part of the book? I, I do. Yeah. We've been I, hinting at it, and then. Yeah. 
So obviously there is a faction of people who are trying to take down the university. Griffin is involved. Robin is involved for a while and then kind of says, I'm going to part ways with you guys. And then one night he happens to run into somebody else who's breaking in and trying to steal stuff. And it's Victoire and Remy. And Remy is very upset that Robin didn't bring this to him immediately. Which I, I, you know, this is probably my perspective, you know, being a cis white man that I didn't really pick up on the romantic subplot. Like I kind of knew there was maybe some hints here and oh there. Oh gosh. Rick, but... Really? It was, okay, okay. it was kind of yeah. obvious in the beginning at least. <laughs> but again, I don't know enough about that era, you know, but it was subtle, you know, Yeah, and at the and same that, time. And yeah, that era is known like the Victorian era where you would write like a, a longing letter to your best male friend. And, Yes, maybe some of them were closeted, <laughs> but, but it was not an uncommon thing. So that's I mean, true. Yeah, it's the way the... it's described, though. It's very romantic. Yeah, I just didn't want to assume, and it it was very subtle until it wasn't, which is, could be the the subtitle to this book: subtle until it's not. For the first page, when she tells us that there will be a translator's revolution. And that colonialism bad. <laughs> what, and capitalism bad. Not sap- what was the non... What What page do we think it stopped being not subtle? I mean, I don't know about page. But yes, the, the introduction is subtle. Like, other than that, until things really start to escalate, you know, about the time that they, they do, you know, meet and realize they're all in the Hermine Society, except for Letty. It, it was still relatively subtle, you know. They were just kind of hinting at like his his being torn between the two worlds of you know the things that he was given. You know, they do talk. I think at that point, yeah, because they don't go to Canton until after, right? Yeah, it's right after though this happens. They like shut like because they they uh, get in a fight about it and they don't talk about yeah, the, the Hermes only- Society. They are going to be, like, somebody is going to take the fall, and what Robin decides to do is take the fall for Letty, or for Victoire and Rami, so that they can go away. And everybody finds, or I think Lovell is the one who says, like, you've got to decide now. Like, Mm -hmm. we can just, we can just forget that this happened. If you're in, you're in. Don't hang out with Griffin. He's a loser and, the, and not as talented as you. And the guilt there. Like, yeah. There, there'd been some other moments of guilt of like, oh, you know, we gave you all these things. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, of like Robin saying, well, you guys took me away from everything that I knew. But this, this, that was the point where it really oh, came to a it, full front. It was very much the white you. savior attitude. You we, have, You would have been on yes. the streets and died. You would have died of cholera. We gave yeah. you an education. We gave we you a give stipend. You a You'd be nothing without us. Exactly. You'd be all these racial stereotypes that we've perpetuated amongst ourselves if it yes, wasn't for lazy, me, the white man. Chinese people, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I'm it's not sure. your fault that you're lazy, and I helped yes. you overcome that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then it only gets worse from there. <laughs> yeah. Um... But so when he basically 
says, okay, sure. Like I'll, I'll just fully on your side. He just is like, okay, we're taking your whole cohort to China right now. Like get on the boat. And Lovell and the four of them just go. But yeah, Rami is really mad at Robin because Robin absolutely had talked about before that like, yeah, if Rami would have been all in on this, like he would and would he have done it safely? Well, yeah, that was the problem, right? Is like Robin thought he was isolated and knowing about the Hermes Society and he felt obligated to Babel and Oxford and all of the other white people in charge. And he kind of felt like he owed it to them to do his best and to succeed. And he loved it there and loved learning. So he didn't want to get any of his friends friends. and and he didn't want to get any of his friends in trouble because then they would lose their scholarships and they'd probably go to jail. And so he's protecting them. And so then Rami got really mad when he found out that they'd all known all along about it. And the fact that he had basically found out the first week of classes and Mm -hmm. hadn't shared it with them because he would have been. (laughs) (laughs) Jason came late, but obviously had wishes that he could fight with Rick. Jason, if you want to jump in, you know yeah, come how. on, Jason, come on in. <laughs> but it's Rick was Rick was late to the last one. It's okay to be late. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I well, I want to hear your opinions, but it is he thinks that he's saving Rami. He's mm-hmm. he thinks that he is keeping that Rami is hot headed and that Rami will put himself in danger, and he thinks he's keeping Rami safe. And that's pretty clear. And so Rami feels pretty betrayed by that and is angry that he didn't tell them him sooner mm-hmm. and that they weren't all in on this together. Mm-hmm. But the trip to Canton is awkward. A terrible disaster. Yeah, awkward is an understatement. Super awkward. Because <laughs> Letty doesn't know. She's the one out of all four of them that is like super unaware Right. Of what's happening, and they're all mad at each other for like this six week voyage across the sea, and then, you know, they, she doesn't know why. Hi, Jason. Welcome. Way to fuck it up, Jason. Hi. <laughs> he came in to yell at Rick about the subtleties mm-hmm. of male on male romance in eighteen hundreds England. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say, you know, they get into it more specifically later, but you know, they clearly, they intentionally divided all of these students, especially the international students, and made them feel very alone so mm-hmm. that they wouldn't, yes. you know. And they say that. Exactly yeah. what they ended up doing. Well, and and that the people in the Far East languages wanted more, like, realized that the, the Western languages were dying in magic, so they needed more of these students but they were also worried about putting a whole bunch of people from colonized areas together. Mm-hmm. Because like we had said before, people just, you know, went missing sometimes and faked their deaths and then went to work for the Hermes Society. Mm-hmm. And when you need more translators, you just make them. You breed more. Yeah, You yeah. go steal them from their motherland and bring them over exactly. here. And give them a stipend. Mm-hmm. So the the ride to Canton was awkward. And then they get to Canton and a bunch of shit happens. Right, Aaron? 
Oh, absolutely. This um, is kind of where the pacing starts to pick up for a little bit, and then it slows down again. Yeah. And then it picks yeah. up again. <laughs> after after Canton, I couldn't put so the book uneven. down. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think... the ride back from Canton is where I think things yeah. sped up the most. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, when I, they I get agree. to Canton, they are basically set, the only thing that they have to give the Chinese is is heroin. Mm-hmm. Opium. Yeah. So they're selling drugs and like they've they've outlawed it in England, but they're like, we gotta have a free market here so that you guys can all just go and you know, because your people really like it because they're lazy, obviously. Well, can right. I interject for a second? The whole Absolutely. point of the free market thing is that China has a ton of silver that they're just sitting on and they oh, know absolutely. that it's valuable and they don't want to sell it. They want to use it for their own purposes. But that's the only thing that they want from, like, they don't want the opium. The silver is the only thing they actually want. I know. Want I'm, that's where I'm, oh. getting, I'm getting to that. Oh. Yeah. So Jesus China Rick. China has a bunch of silver and England wants it. Yes. They're like, give me the silver. We'll trade you tea. We'll trade you fine goods. And China's no. like, nah, we, we don't want any of that We're nonsense from, from, the, from the West. Yeah. And so England's getting, like, increasingly frustrated that China won't trade their silver with them. And so they're basically like instilling this opium into them and getting them addicted to it. So that way they can then let's go to war addicted to our product and then steal their silver from them is the point. It's not just a matter of getting them addicted to the opium, although that's definitely it. It's also being able to use the opium as, as a reason to start the war because they know yes. that the Chinese will say, no, 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 this is a terrible mm-hmm. drug that's ruining our country. Do not, yeah. we don't want this here. We don't want this mm-hmm. here. Which is what Robin ends up kind of unwittingly instigating. Right. Mm-hmm. So he is is taken as the only person who speaks the language is taken on as a translator for this high level kind of thing with a business person from England and a Chinese official and the Chinese official just kind of takes him to the side and he's like, hey, so uh, they going to listen to anything that we ask? You know, are they going to take anything that we say seriously? And he's like, no, no, they're not. And so they blow up the the drugs. The Chinese blow up the yes. English ship of opium. Which they had already said, like it's illegal to bring it into our, your, our mm. country. Like this was not the first time that they had done this. It was not like, you know, Oh, first time they were like, no, you guys knew you. And yes, we're going to seize your illegal shipment and destroy it. And I'm sure the Chinese were aware how well the English react to people dumping or ruining their, their goods at a dock. Um, <laughs> yeah had that happened already even how that they had responded about 100 years before this okay yeah, okay yeah. yeah it, it yeah. had happened already mm-hmm. yeah right there was some precedent there yeah mm-hmm. that's funny <laughs> i mean throughout the book like all of the colonized areas are through the hermes society we know that they're vaguely aware of how england is dealing with other you know countries or how South America is dealing with Spain and Portugal and mm-hmm. like and how the the thing is moving but now like there is starting to be power in North America with the with the Americans but mostly like Spain and Portugal don't have any power anymore it's all 
important at this moment. And the only reason the Americans still have power is because they still have legalized slave trade. I mean, yes. that's... Yeah, the Civil War hadn't started yet, and that's actually... Right. There's there's something at the very end of the book that I wanted to talk about, but I'll, I'm going to wait yeah. till we get there. Not for another 30 years or so at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so when they they get there, and Robin says this to this Chinese official, and he gets back, and they're like, well, what the heck did you say? And he's like, nothing. I didn't say anything. <laughs> like, he just wanted to th- say that my my Chinese was so great. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, I was completely honest and answered the guy's question. I'd never do that. Don't do that. No. Yeah, yeah. And so part of, so they immediately get back on a boat to go back to Britain because Robin Dunn messed everything up. And Professor Lovell is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> on the ship back to England, which is, this is a very slow boat before they had a long boat or a short slow boat. boat from China. It's yeah. the slow boat from China. Yeah. But that's where the real shit goes down because Robin's getting in trouble. And during the, the, somebody else helped me out with this. When the, there was the theft that Victoire and Rami were in on, Professor Lovell gives Robin a silver bar. Mm-hmm. That was used to kill a, a student, Evie, Evie, oh. several years prior by, by Griffin. Griffin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Evie, Evie was like the gold, the best student that the Babel had ever had. One of yeah. the first female students allowed at Oxford, and she was a genius. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So everyone loves Evie, but Griffin killed her. He's terrible and definitely did it in cold blood. Mm-hmm. And so. This is for you to remember who Griffin really is and gives him this bar that basically kills somebody. Makes um, it just explode. Yeah. And so during a fight with Professor Lovell, all he has this bar on him. I don't, it's very like he thought, Robin thought he was going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and he activates this bar. And Professor Lovell is dead. Mm-hmm. And so they have to cover that up and everybody is on board for Which that. That was so weird. That was such a weird part to me. The cleaning up of all of the blood and viscera and guts of this human you don't... being exploded in his cabin and like nobody ever checked on him that whole time. Well, but they did have, you know, yeah. there were a lot of diseases and they, they had a pretty good saying he's quarantining i know it was more just like i couldn't get past the fact that they were able to clean up like all of the blood off of his stuff and like get rid of all of the evidence alana makes a really good point though that because he had been beaten by oh yeah professor level in the past it is kind of definitely was defense sort of and and absolutely level was reaching into his his coat pocket or something like it looked yeah. like he was going for a weapon yeah but they also talk about the fact that they couldn't clean it all up because they did say if anybody happened to just poke their head in for some reason you know if they really needed something mm-hmm. then they would see the stains and things like that yeah. so they did clean up most of it but there was still obviously some evidence mm-hmm. yeah a person explodes it's gonna make a mess is what That's i what hear yeah, and they didn't yeah. have access to a whole bunch of industrial cleaning products 
or magic silver blood be gone bars. I think they forgot <laughs> to bring those as well. Yeah. yeah. They had to start making their own blood be yeah. gone. Blood be gone. Um, but yeah, they throw his body in a chest and throw it over the the <laughs> the back of the boat and but everybody's really on board with covering this up, including Letty. Letty. Which is she knew she understood that Professor Lovell was Robin's dad. Like everybody kind of knew because they look alike. But wasn't Letty the one who was like, well, you could just turn yourself in and say it was self-defense? Like she wasn't totally on board with the cover up. She was pretty on board though, pretty early on. Like, yeah, she was hesitant, but like, she's like, of course I'm not going to turn you in. You're my friend. You're right. You know, I I love you. Yeah. She, she was on board in that aspect. She wasn't just going to like go rat on him, but she was like, you could turn yourself in. You could say it was self-defense. Like he was. Well, and that's when they were like, they were like, oh, honey. Yeah, that yeah. would never that would never work. No, exactly. <laughs> because we're not white. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the foreshadowing. But what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that they... was definitely a big foreshadowing moment for sure, mm-hmm. as far as like mm-hmm. the relationship with Letty, because they had never told Letty about Hermes because they didn't think she would understand, and she still never fully does. And they still actually haven't told Letty about Hermes. It yeah. is not mm-hmm. until they get back to England. That she kind of walks in and overhears them mm-hmm. talking about it when they fi- when Robin and Rami finally have it out about this all like why didn't you tell me sort of thing, but she says oh yeah no I'm with you guys but just like don't keep secrets from me and that at that point I have a little thing so it would I have a, a highlighted and when they when they get when Letty lets them know that she's okay being with on their side she's crying and it says it would seem the great paradox the fact that after everything they had told letty all the pain that they had shared she was the one who needed comfort so it's the white woman's tears they're having to attend to her needs in this time where their lives are in danger yeah we you guys have already messed. Yeah, you've mentioned how not subtle this book is already, right? Like this. Okay, okay, it's come up a couple times. Okay, a few, a few yeah. times. Okay, okay. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. That that was my question. Kind of initially was like, who is this book for? Because I feel like she doesn't trust us to get it on our own. It's for white teenagers who've never had to think about anyone so you think it is for the Lettys? i i I, think it's i think think it's intro to colonialism yeah i think that's exactly what it is i think it's i think it's for white kids who've never had to think about this i don't think it's for the Lettys, though i really Mm -hmm. don't i I think that they're the Lettys wouldn't have picked up this book in the first place the thing that i kept thinking once they get a little further along is that letty is the the liberal who you know is like oh we can still work within the system whereas mm-hmm. the others are the leftists you know obviously there's some division we see later between the people who are left but they're still the leftists who are like no we need to tear down the system and start over so you know again very subtle right and so that's what happens they get back to england and they have to now all be in the Hermes society they are hidden they are being secreted away into a a safe house they are trying to help it takes a little in the, bit, though. 
they they do they do try they go back to, to like, school and oh, then their perf- their professors find out Oh, the so like, the, oh, like he- too. Yeah, yeah, the headmaster tries to trick Robin into telling him about Hermes, and yeah. Robin sees right through it, and then they flee and they go in hiding. Yeah. Professor Plowfair, whatever. Yeah, Plowfair, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they that's they right. Because have... they're they're at a um, like at a, a, like a big a ball party. or something. It's or, an yeah, alum yeah. an alumni yeah, dinner, alumni yeah. which mm-hmm. is something where they have it's a complete festival of opulence. Like it's ridiculous. They have seafood and and at some point at the beginning of the book she's like i know that they wouldn't have eaten you know raw seafood but Oyster. like it's fancies yeah. <laughs> well and they, and they also you know have the students who are not white be servants essentially yes. so they can justify being there yep yeah because yeah. you would have to like have paid or gotten an outfit basically to go yeah. and so mm-hmm. Victoire and Letty go because Letty buys them tickets, but Robin and Remy serve food. Oh yeah, I forgot about that because Victoire didn't want to go. Right, and, and Letty. It's a like, different no, party, okay. but yes. Oh, it's true. Still, it's the first oh. party. It's the party where they get drunk, and then oh. Letty tells Robin how much she loves Remy, and Robin comforts her. That's that party. Oh, okay. where 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 Victoire almost gets assaulted. Is that the, yes. the same party? Yeah. yeah. Or does get insulted, but you know. The alumni party is like very brief. They go, they're invited, they go as guests. They're not mm-hmm. serving. Oh, okay. And then they're they're being asked a bunch of questions about their trip and they're all like really like on edge. And then that's yeah. when Professor Playfair is like, Oh, I'm in Hermes, like tell me the secret password. That's right. Yeah, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot there were two different ones. And and so at that point they do go into hiding. They all they all leave together. And go hang out with one of the older classmen who had recruited Rami and Victoire into the Hermes Society, who is Anthony, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one um, who, who had faked, he had faked his, turns out he, he faked had his faked death. his yeah. death, but yeah. also, yeah, Griffin faked his death too. Like, and like they fake it, they death. fake it in the same way, and the staff are just like, yeah, that happens. Like, they all yeah. died on their overseas voyage in the exact same way. Yeah. Just happens. You know, these, these, colonized areas they're so dangerous mm-hmm. we do find out at some point i think we already know by this point of the book that the school knew about hermes they didn't know mm-hmm. all the details but they knew they existed yeah. other than just the break-ins because there were also random unrelated break-ins as well or supposedly unrelated yeah so i mean i think that I, some of it was I- I got the sense, like, before we knew that the school knows about Hermes, so when they're talking about Anthony's death, I got the sense in that part of the book that the higher-ups at Oxford know that these people didn't actually die and that they just kind of dissimulated themselves, like, from the school on purpose, Mm -hmm. and that they're, like, just going with the story because that's the most believable thing. So that's why when Robin is like, I can't believe that they only talk about his death for one day, like, they don't have a service, like, I can't believe nobody cares. Like, my understanding was that they're just, like, brushing it aside because they also know he didn't die, and they just don't want to, like, bring attention to Hermes at all. And Yeah, and they don't want to put any ideas into the heads of the other colonized students, students. Yeah. yeah it goes back can, to the whole wait well you can you can leave you can take mm-hmm. what you've learned yeah. and go away oh no way it goes back to oh, the whole like isolation yeah. and division mm-hmm. thing of not wanting them to know that there are other people out there yeah there are other options yeah and also by feeling like they have elevated just them 
that that is enough of a reason to stay within the system that mm-hmm. will continue to oppress their countrymen. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they go into hiding. But as we may have, you know, given you pause to believe, Letty does betray them <gasps> and tells the police where they are hiding and comes in with a gun to help the police and shoots Rami. And I had. Had... She shoots Victoire and then Rami jumps in front of the bullet. Go, right? go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, Kayla. I just was, I had really strong feelings about this part of the book. It made me feel a lot of ways. Yeah. I was, I was mad that Letty was the, the person that did this. Like I was mad that she was the enemy mm-hmm. in the story. And then later I was mad that her chapter was like a totally different person than what she'd been that whole book. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we see her again, she's that person from before that was really inconsistent and was kind of frustrating. But then I had to like kind of reconcile that, you know, because I'm like, oh, like, yeah, the their white best friend is the enemy. But I'm like, yeah, OK, that fits the whole theme of the book. Like, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. the betrayal is real. Like, that's a mm-hmm. real legitimate yeah. feeling to have. It was a little bit weird. Yeah. That, you know, she kind of hinted at being an admiral's daughter. You know, she talked about it a little bit, but it was never a, a big thing. And then all of a sudden, she's like really good with guns and like, yeah, what knows all what, this stuff. And... Mm-hmm. What frustrated me later, so it was like the whole time in the book, Letty's this kind of like sensitive, like she's very emotional, you know, she has all these strong feelings and she constantly needs to be like consoled and she's always getting in a fight with Rami because he's always pushing her buttons and like she can stand up for herself, but she was never like this tough, like independent like fierce type of woman and then all of a sudden she betrays them and it's almost like she's a double agent and she's like oh i've been this like super tough like gun wielding badass this whole time blah 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 and then later she comes back and apologizes and she's just weeping and crying and like i'm so sorry and i was just like what is happening it also very strange because it is very clear that she has feelings for rami throughout the book she tells robin this and the fact that, like, they make it pretty clear that she's a good shot and she's, mm-hmm. you know, decides to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, it it felt, I don't know, it felt a little bit, it didn't feel like it lined up with the Letty that we had before in the book. That's what I'm like, saying, too. Basically, yeah. like, like, I'm not saying that she wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but was she this bad? Like, was right. she, like, shooting him because... She loved him and he wasn't going to give her the time of day. Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like, like a calculated, like, I'm taking him out because if I can't have him, nobody can have him kind of thing. And it yeah. also felt no. like I'm protecting myself. So I'm going to, like, I'm going to go tell my daddy everything that you guys have been doing. And, like, that was not the person that they had painted up until this point. So I mean, it was she, very confusing. She say, you know, her reasoning for that was you know trying to protect them which Mm -hmm. was bullshit and you know if she would have listened to them at any point she would have seen that doing what she did wasn't going to protect them it was just going to hurt them Mm -hmm. but i feel like it would have been more believable for me if letty had told the cops and then not shown up not that she would have gone gone in guns blazing with them like i I agree that was 
it was very strange that whole thing especially when they did her chapter later and they were kind of like trying to like justify her being this kind yeah. of like she had been abused and like her she didn't get and... her brother was the star and like she really wanted to go to oxford and her father looked down at her because she was a woman and like poor her and she's really like this super like strong independent woman and then she goes to oxford and just pretends to be this like soft weepy lady but mm-hmm. then she really like bared her soul to her friends like it just it, i really like didn't follow that at all so. yeah it felt like they really tried to shoehorn that in and i have to mm-hmm. say usually whenever i read or even watch movies i don't think too much about like what's coming because i like to be surprised i like to just kind of go with it and see what happens but letty about the time like whenever she's like i just need some air i'm like oh fuck yeah it's it's going down some way and then she does she does say later when robin confronts her at the end that she that it was an accident that she didn't want to shoot Rami. And like that again was really weird to me. Because like yeah. why would they why would she spend so much time, the author, painting her as this like woman that has a perfect steady hand with a gun and knows everything about firearms and like was front line in the police force? Like it, it kind what? of was aiming for Victoire. That's the whole thing. She was aiming mm-hmm. and 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 Robin and Rami both tried to get in the way, and Rami was just the one who who got there first. So it kind of felt to me like the same thing she was doing with Robin on the ship, where she was like, "No, no, you you didn't mean to shoot him. He was like doing it, like mm-hmm. she's self gaslighting at that." Yeah. Point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still would have thought she was the bad guy of the piece in this Ooh, without her pulling the trigger. Without her, trigger, makes a yeah. good point yeah. as well. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. that he mentions again. The same thing that Lovell did, you know, of like, well, think about all the good things that the school did for you and how mm-hmm. they did all this stuff. You know, she brings that to light again. Well, that's the thing that she can't, like, get past. You know, she's like, yeah. I understand why you killed Lovell. I understand, like, kind of why you guys want to protect your homelands. But what I don't understand is why you'd want to hurt Oxford because Oxford has done so much to elevate you and, like, give you status and give you opportunity. And isn't it better than before? Isn't it good enough that you've gotten past your initial point of entry, basically? Well, and like, we've, we've kind of skipped over, you know, the whole strike, you know, part. We've kind of skipped to, oh, yeah, to a little bit fair. later. But, you know, she kind of does the, the stereotypical white person thing of like, well, couldn't you do this like nonviolently? Couldn't you do this, you know, more peacefully? We could have protested. We could have worked from the inside and taking it down it's like it doesn't number one it's the subtitle of the book so we know it's coming but number two it doesn't work that way yeah but you have to eat the rich yeah after this with letty has betrayed them and robin and victoire are the only ones left of their group basically they walk back into babel with a little bit of support because their their whole everything from the Hermes Society has been burned down, basically. At least from this safe house that they were in. They got raided and most of Hermes was killed and they was escaped killed Griffin. Yeah. Yep. And the and the so at that point Anthony and Gretchen are killed. Is mm-hmm. that yeah? Yeah. They think everybody's dead. Yeah. Because I think I think Letty tells them that they Ever- killed everybody. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Everyone in the society is dead. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's just Robin and and Victoire. Yeah, so and yeah. they well, and Griffin to, yeah. for a little bit. 
Right. Mm. They are able to get uh, out a message, though, to right. they're hoping somebody else, mm-hmm. but they don't know. And they walk in basically back to the building and are just like, we're going to go on strike. Yeah, well, but I think to... it's important to mention what happens before that, which is that there's a showdown between Sterling Jones and Griffin where they shoot each other in the street when the police are looking for them all. Griffin dies. And it's like, this was a hard pacing moment for me too, because Rami has just died, plus all of Hermes society. And they're all like having a breakdown and then they're doing all this stuff with Griffin and then Griffin dies. And then Robin's having another breakdown. Well, also like, yeah. why all this stuff is happening. And it's just also, like, okay. That scene, wasn't yep. that like after the and um, Robin had been imprisoned and tortured? No. Oh, no. Because I'm losing. Oh, you're you're right. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah, happens yeah. first. I forgot yeah, all about that too. Meet, the first time you meet Sterling was when they're in prison. And he comes and he tortures Robin for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and probably tortures Victoire as well. Yeah, you're right. So they get tortured first mm-hmm. by Sterling Jones, and then Griffin saves them, and then and Griffin, Griffin dies. Out, right, right. It's like a whole emotional roller coaster through this part of the book, which well, was like very because, very hard to read for a while. Because like Robin has that moment of. He doesn't really betray Hermes, but he does a little bit because, you know, he's like, well, I'm going, or not, I'm going to die, but Victoire's going to die if I don't give them something. So, like, what's the least damaging thing? And I forget what specifically he says, but he's like, here's this little bit of information. And then he hears a gunshot. Which, and yeah. a scream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they make Victoire be- hear the same thing. Mm-hmm. But she would have given Robin up. She said she did not yeah. give yeah. them anything feeling like there was nothing no way to save them anyway but yeah so griffin dies and he was kind of the mastermind of the whole like violence is the only solution path where everybody else was kind of like we don't necessarily need violence to accomplish this and so now that griffin is dead robin is like what the fuck do we do we have to take griffin's plan and put it into action which is taking over the tower so they walk in they hope somebody else from Hermes knows about it because they put out this message, but they just walk in and basically say, like, hey, guys, do you, you're hostages. Do you, you're hostages, but also, like, kind of, do you want to join us? Like, he, they just walk in and kind of say, like, mm-hmm. do you know what this is going on? Like, do you know what these people are doing? Do you know that they are, I mean, specifically, he says that they're, like, manufacturing a war in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you know this? And so some people join them absolutely voluntarily. A handful. handful. Yeah. Yeah. And then some people leave and they let those people leave. And Professor, is it Chakravarti? Is that Uh how you say it? He's like, oh, I got your message. Yeah. So he was in Hermes, but he didn't really know anybody yet. He was a, a kind of new Hermes person because he was too high up however professor craft craft yep 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 so and she is our she is our white character who mm-hmm. stays with them till the end so yeah the only, is, other, the only other students <laughs> who stay are, are other international students yeah. yeah yeah so when i think it was Brooke who said that there were no good white people it was me oh okay we do have professor craft wow. Wow. sorry one ally <laughs> one ally who does not do that but they basically let all the silver in the country stop working it takes 
time, but they're holed up in there. They've got no supplies, but they're not repairing anything. And I mean, like, like we had mentioned before, cars go off cliffs. The big thing is that they figure out that they know that the London Bridge is going to fall, right? Yeah. After the other one of the other towers on campus collapses because it was due like that day for maintenance and yeah right and yes and they also get help from the the factory workers who were also protesting at the time yes yeah. um, so the other good white people the other good white people right right which and and to be fair that that allows them to continue on they build barricades mm-hmm. they give them, them supplies yeah. because they had just walked in with mm-hmm. no like not really knowing how long they could do this they didn't yeah, have they like have like a week's worth of food maybe yeah two yeah gu- two guns and some gumption that's what they had <laughs> <laughs> but so they they do this for a long time and guess what nobody is gonna is gonna fold nope. you know they they make their demands pretty clear that they don't want this war in china to happen that they are you know saying that we need to share the wealth of the silver with the countries that we are taking the languages from. They say, nope, you got to stop this. And they, they eventually send in armed people. And for some of it, like the, the, the workers help defend the tower. They try and light it on fire a couple times. That was the students that before they oh. ever sent the army, the student, like some of the students from the other programs came and they tried to set it on fire. But it's but a stone it tower. A... <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> and, it, and it had wards still at yeah, that point, yeah. which made it indestructible. Yeah. I, but yeah, I they're basically they're... holding, they're holding all of England under siege via mm-hmm. not yes. letting the silver be repaired. And right. Parliament doesn't really give a shit because they don't care about the poor people. They also yeah. stop, they they end up taking out the amplification, like, bit by bit. The resonator so bars. Things, Which so is a thing things, we haven't really talked about, so. Mm-hmm. But things start to fail quicker than they yeah. would have naturally. Yeah. It's um, like knocking out all the, the power plants in the area. Yeah, it just yeah. Yeah. But they get to a point where, basically, the they're, they're not going to be let to win. They have told them that there is no amnesty. Nope, they're they're not doing it. So what do you, they decide? They decide that the way to do this is to blow up the tower, and and they were given that that piece of information on how to do it by translating translate very early on in their academic careers by Professor Playfair, who is Irony. a big old douche. Yep, <laughs> but they're going to need a bunch of people to stay behind and blow shit up. So they kind of say, like, who's staying, who's not? Chakravarty leaves because he doesn't mm-hmm. want the, the bridge to be He had already left by that point, yeah. yeah. When mm-hmm. when they weren't going to save the bridge, he was like, I'm... I'm this is too much. Yeah, this is too much. too much yeah. of a... You've crossed a line here, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was a lot of philosophical debates among all of them on, like, violence, especially Robin and Victoire. They go back and forth mm-hmm. repeatedly on, like, well, this is too much. Yeah. Violence versus uh, not violent. Robin has kind of taken on, like, the role of Griffin, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, 
because of his grief, he's like, well, Griffin wanted violence, so I'm going to go all in and just have full violence. It is the only way I can see that now. Like, this is yeah. the only way this is going to work. And Victoire is like, who are you? Like, why are you doing this? Why do you want to kill yourself? This is ridiculous. It's not the only way. Let's let's be reasonable, you know? Yeah. It also uh, talks about the fact that, like, this is this is personal. Mm-hmm. I've got another highlight, but this is part of the time when he is coming to understand this. And he, this is Robin's point of view. And he's like, there's no stepping back and forth between the two worlds, no seeing and not seeing, no holding a hand over one eye or the other, like a child playing a game. You're either a part of this institution, one of the bricks that held everything up or you weren't. So that is when he's deciding that he is, he can't be a part of holding up this institution. Um, all in all, he's just another brick in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't need no education. <laughs> he didn't need no thought control. He's so weird. I um, was thinking uh, London was falling down, but that's That fine. was good. That was, yeah, that, that worked too. <laughs> um, oh, I think it's Ibrahim and Victoire leave the tower. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the, the protesters, the, the union people, they get them out and get them into the countryside and... Mm-hmm get them on boats i think to america america yeah victor um, for sure i don't remember i have either. i have so that's the thing i want to talk about the most so i'm yeah, gonna that, let you finish yeah strange. but we'll we'll get there okay yeah and craft and a couple of the legal like they were they were upper level students but they were not translators they were mm-hmm. in the legal department or they weren't doing the magic basically right, right. you have to be at a certain level to be able to do the magical parts but every now and again there are language students who aren't at that caliber who basically just do law stuff they translate contracts mm-hmm. and so a bunch of those people are from colonized countries and they stay craft robin and and a few other people stay and blow the tower to smithereens mm-hmm. and die and themselves yep. and themselves but crippling, I mean, that, yes. that is, go- like, it's not something that, that they can rebuild. All of the silver in the tower, all of the runes of the... Grammaticas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will, it will basically take out their ability to do silver working in England. Not yeah. entirely, but, but... For a, a long time. Of it, it, yeah. Enough to to stop them from being the dominant power in the world. Yeah. Right. It ends the empire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about with Victoire? Well, the epilogue was okay. Cause like we had talked about this before, how everybody got their own chapter. So the epilogue is Victoire's chapter of her escaping on the first ship she can get, which is to America. And the whole time I was like, why the fuck is she going to America of all the places she could have gone when slavery is in full swing and they haven't even had their revolution yet. And she's a black woman going over there. I was just like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I, mean, I was the, just like so mad. <laughs> the only like kind of saving grace in there is she talks about like wanting to see the free Haiti because she finds out that Haiti mm-hmm. has yeah. had mm-hmm. the revolution and is now a free mm-hmm. country. She is successful. She is Haitian, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah she's Haitian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, like after all of the conversation and the mood around colonialism and all of the, like, racism that they experience up to this point, you know? And then she's just like, well, it was the first ship I could get, you know? But she's like, oh, I could go back to France and, like, check on my family. I could go to Haiti, where I'm from, where they're free. And then she chooses to go to America 
And then in the same vein is like, I know that that they haven't liberated their slaves yet. So I'm just that's like, she, she feels that's where she can do the most good. Yeah. I mean, that's really, that's, that was her whole argument with, with Robin. It's like, we've lost this battle, but we haven't, the war's mm-hmm. not done. We, we, right. we, we group, it, we go somewhere else. We try again, you know? Yeah. It gave me so much anxiety because I'm yeah. like, as yeah. soon as she steps off that ship, something's going to happen to her. Sure. Yeah. She's, She's 22 years old. She's Be- just because she was free yeah. in England mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. free in Haiti doesn't mean that she's suddenly free in America. Yeah, yeah no, I think no, the, she'll, the implication, she'll... you know, is that she's going to go be part of like the Underground Railroad and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 you're right, Kayla. That it's probably not how it would have happened realistically. I also think that at least I did. I really felt like when we were talking about the colonialism, it was so much like England bad. Like they are the the superpower, and then because of this, like I kind of, and because my husband was reading the open veins of Latin America, I also found some anti-colonial books to read, and like I started reading How to Hide an Empire, the Greater American History, like not like the colonies of America, because America was so, just as bad just later. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it kind of was trying to say, like, oh, she'll be safer. Yes, I agree. I know. That drove me crazy. And no. (laughs) Like, because, you know, it's, it's America, you know, was doing the same thing to the Philippines and Mm -hmm. the, and. Well, and they were in full swing with their colonialism, too. I mean, they were doing exactly the same thing as England. They didn't have quite as much power at that point, but they were about to. Yeah, and we're totally I mean, not still doing it. I mean, depending oh. on where she ended That's over. up, depending on where she ended up in the in America. I mean, if she if if she followed the Haitians and ended up in Louisiana, in New Orleans, there was a there there were some spots where where an African a Creole woman could could be okay at that time for a couple of decades at least but, it, but, no, but if she landed in the north but, but yeah but and even if she landed in the north it was slavery was still legal there so it, it was it was it's a roll of the dice she's going to be on the run regardless whether, whether but i will say or, i yeah. i like that epilogue being her chapter but i wish like what we had said earlier that we had had more other character chapters and then mm-hmm. that as an epilogue because that would have made more sense like having yeah. that be kind of how the book ends and yeah. we hadn't had her chapter yet she was like oh shit i forgot about victoire let me put her chapter in yeah. you know well, and that's how all of the chapters felt to me yes. oh shit we haven't explored any of these yes. other people like i really when we first met rami and all of a sudden there was mm-hmm. all this chemistry between rami and robin i was mm-hmm. like oh good we're going to have a side character that matters yeah. and then i was like no. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, they, picked up on that right away. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, they touch briefly on, you know, the fact that, like, the suffrage movement is ongoing, at least in England. You know, I don't know if it had even really started to pick up steam in the U.S. Because they well, don't have 100 years at that point. Yeah. yeah. 70 years yeah. at that point. Yeah. You know, and they, they do go in depth. I like. You know, that they talk about the only reason that slavery got outlawed in the places it had been at that point was because it was convenient, basically. Yeah. You know, not that they wanted it, it's just it made more sense. Mm-hmm. That they, yeah, it's that's and that's how it always is. 
Like yeah. nobody just, ever wanted to to. I mean, there were people obviously that did want to end slavery for slavery's, you know, ending slavery's sake. Right. But like all the politicians were just like, if I could do this without ending slavery, I'd totally do that. Exactly. And it's yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It doesn't end on a very like. Yes, there is progress made in the fact that the the silver industry is going to be changed forever by this mm -hmm. and but we don't know that the war doesn't happen either they never say that yeah yeah mm -hmm. true i honestly true. and they might be even more inclined to go after mm -hmm. the war in china they because they need reserves. silver yeah yeah, yeah. now that really now they need it it's not just a matter mm -hmm. of wanting it yeah mm -hmm. and and i yeah i just i don't think it's very hopeful i do feel like that is the 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 option once they walked in they kind of figured or robin at least figured that he wasn't walking out he knew that yeah. but it wasn't very hopeful and robin had been suicidal since he killed his dad like the for the for the last half of the book he was well, and yeah. he was looking for ways to die yeah. and when, when griffin died I yeah. think with and Rami, that just, that yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. That yeah just Griffin, Griffin was kind of a push in that direction, but then mm -hmm. especially Rami, like he had nothing mm -hmm. at that point. He had right. Victoire, but that wasn't yeah. And Victoire was was a dear friend, but not not a not like family not his brother and family. not the person he loved. Yeah. Secretly. But you know, in in case people hadn't noticed, we kind of have had a little bit of a theme of not so hopeful. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, I I kind of think it that it needs to not be hopeful though. I mean, the whole point yeah. is colonialism bad, racism bad. Look what's happened in this long history of oppression to people, and it has not changed that much in the last one hundred something yeah. years. I think that's kind of the point. Because Babel's not that old. Of a book, and no, so it was it, 2018, last year, yeah, or was it? I feel like I thought it was it, even. Well, oh, oh, maybe 2021. Either way, <laughs> still within the last several years, and yeah, there there are a lot of parallels. Even if it 22. was 22, yeah, last year. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So even more so, yeah. The the strikes obviously hadn't started with mm -hmm. you know like WGA and all that, but there were other strikes that were you know pretty significant, and mm -hmm. yeah since 2022 it's only escalated so i think that yeah. book was very timely in saying like hey here's here's this issue that used to be a thing they talk about how it was an issue for those union workers even before that you know the the strikes that got violently mm -hmm. put down by the british government and there's a lot of there's a lot of, it's not subtle but there's a lot of like <laughs> hey we need to work together we need to you know do things a certain way or we're going to get violently put down yeah yeah I think it's okay that it's not subtle. I mean, I was like, yeah. I was uncomfortable through most of this book, just reading it through the lens of these people that were being oppressed the whole time and how they're trying to explain to a white woman why they're fighting against the system. And she's like, well, why would you do that? You know, why aren't you grateful? You, I was you've like, got it so is... good. You've got it so much better. Yes. It was uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. yeah. I. And I like it's not subtle. It's got its problems. I still think it's a really good book and worth yeah. a read. Yeah, um, Rick didn't get a chance to say what if he liked it, and then now that Jason's here, he can say if he's liked it as well. Yeah, that's true. I I got distracted. Uh, I liked it. I think I think I would read it about the same as Aaron did. I I liked the nerdy aspects of it. I liked all I the language stuff that 
to me, yes, it was slow, but like anytime that they would talk about like, oh, it came from, you know, this language and it used to mean this. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the linguistic stuff I thought was fascinating. I love books about people going to school. Like, I don't know. I just like. For, for some weird reason. We don't talk about right well I, I for it's for a time i love those books as well but yeah. you give me kids going to a magic school and i'm all over it like i love it like the, the magician yeah. series by lev grossman love it mm-hmm. yeah so that was i was all thought it was great but this just felt i don't know i guess it was the pacing maybe it was mm-hmm. just how how blunt it was i just i had a hard time connecting with it and not because i because i i don't empathize and appreciate the you know what the what the students were going through and the, and the horrors of colonialism that's that's absolutely not the case it was just i didn't feel i didn't get drawn in by this book so i it's a yeah, for me i i do I, I do think this is very much for a teenage kid you know for a teenager who may not understand you know the ramifications of 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 capitalism or or colonialism or whatever other horrible things that that white people have perpetuated on the on this planet and its people for the past 3000 odd years. Um, I will say, I agree. It is kind of a young person's book. Yeah. It felt I, very much like a white novel, which is, which is not a problem. We've read a couple already, but it wasn't marketed that way. I didn't, I didn't get that at all. That I didn't yeah. either. And I also I, think, I also think we can see, you know, the trends of YA books being so popular among adults that mm. maybe, maybe YA isn't as young targeted as it was originally intended. Or mm-hmm. Maybe the YA, original YA audience is just now in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. I think the reason that I say that it's like a YA book is that when you are young, you feel like you have to make this impact in this short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they only have this one time to do this. And I think that as you get older and you continue to live you realize that living is the the harder the longer game the harder Mm -hmm. game Mm -hmm. that there is more to do over a life than go up in a blaze of glory and i feel like a lot of ya kind of books are in this moment where they're going to make this huge difference and i feel like that's that's maybe what i mean by the ya that's Mm -hmm. why i think i'm more on kayla's side with this because you know you've got that whole struggle between Robin and Victoire of like, no, we need to make this serious impact right now. We need to hurt them versus like, we can do stuff in the long term. We don't have to kill ourselves to do this. We can take it slow and let it happen over time. Mm -hmm. But I also think, Kayla, you and I seem to be the ones who don't mind the unsubtle as much. He says, not knowing it was unsubtle. <laughs> not, not, not realizing that the, there was a... I'm just kidding. Right. love story from page five. Yeah. But I mean, it's... on page five. <laughs> the unsubtlety starts... I mean, Robin Swift... It was, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Robin Swift is a bird that lives a short amount of time and, and, and birds mm-hmm. of his gone. Victoire is victory. You know, she's yeah. mm-hmm. she's going to be the, the her way in the end is going to be the the, the way that that, that the I did like that. Won. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it was right there. You know, I, I also know. yeah from the beginning. Yeah, the the subtitle is or the necessity of violence. You mm-hmm. know, so it was definitely. I I yeah I don't know that it didn't I I think that she could have expected her audience to 
get that colonialism was bad without it being kind of smacked in their face quite so much. But I don't think it's like, I still think it's worth the read. Yeah. I guess I just didn't connect. I would be interested in reading her. She, she, the Poppy she, Wars. Yeah. The Poppy face. Wars, which is, mm-hmm. which was a, which is a, a trilogy that she actually, I think she won a Hugo award for or Nebula or something, but mm-hmm. again, deals with colonialism. But I think maybe if, if, if spaced out over three books, maybe it deals, it feels a little more, I don't know, subtle, but this just felt like it was, it was just like, she, I need to throw in everything all at once and wrap everything up. I don't know. It just, it, it felt rushed. I think it's less, I think it's less yeah. the aggressiveness of the, the tone of the like colonialism mm-hmm. is bad. I think that's totally appropriate and fair and yeah. more of like, the pacing and like how it was written and just like the kind of like disconnect with like the random character chapters and like it was super slow when they were like studying in school and all that. And then it slowed down when they got back from Canton and it sped up again. And I think that was more the issue than like the actual kind of in your face. Mm -hmm. This is what it's like to be oppressed by somebody. I think that's, I think that's it. It's the, the political stuff was sure. Great. No problem. No problem. But the, 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 I didn't feel engaged with the characters, and so that I didn't give. Well, a, definitely not the side characters at all. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. give a fork what happened to any of them. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it was just, and and yeah. there's no growth. Nobody grew. Nobody changed. Yeah, nobody no, was, I agree. Was I, I, I do mean, think that Robin grew, but however, the way he grew was very stilted. Yeah, like yeah. it oh, was bro, all like, at changed. once. He changed. What? He changed. He did he change. But it was all at once. It wasn't yeah, he, like a development. It he was changed that from one he part changed... to many parts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he was like, "This is my personality now." Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna just take on my dead brother's personality. Yeah. That's all yeah. I'm gonna do. Yeah. But I am gonna probably try if anybody That's... has any last thoughts, kind of thing, to bring us home. I did Our... think Griffin was Robin from the future initially. Because he had the same face. Yeah, yeah dude, totally. Face, like, yeah, totally. Like, look in the mirror, but it was like an older version of me. Yeah. Like, if if this motherfucker figures out how to go back in time <laughs> with the stupid silver bars by the end of this book, I'm gonna I had completely this. forgotten that you had messaged me that. And I was That's like, so oh funny. yeah. That's you're so smart. You figured yeah, it all yeah, out. Yeah. And then Aaron, you're like, oh, you figured it out. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. That's a great way to end the whole discussion, too. <laughs> I do want to say so. that currently we are now all caught up on our episodes. So these episodes will be coming out once a month. Once this one goes up, mm-hmm. we'll we will be putting these up in real time with the with as we do them. And our book for October, just to you know, really, really bring home the sad. <laughs> is in the dream house by carmen maria machado which uh content warnings for this one will include emotional and sexual abuse and body dysmorphia eating disorders toxic uh, relationship gaslighting and it's a true story too it's even better well it's a memoir it's a memoir yeah since i since i just got done editing the oryx and craig you know, at the end of that one, I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to set out the next one because this one was kind of depressing. And I thought that Babel was the one with all the trigger warnings that I was going to skip. And yeah, no, I already own the next one. So I'm just going to read it. No, I've, I've, I've already started, hate every minute of it. Yeah, no, I've already started reading it and it's 
fantastic. I'm gonna like, wait till closer so... to the end of the month. Me too. It's a yeah. it's a much but shorter book than Babylon. Yeah. I'm I'm reading the second Orcs and Crakes, so I'm not doing much better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I mean, be honest. <laughs> I know I, I told you about it, Kayla, that after Orcs and Crake I read the Penelope. So I read another Margaret. You read more Margaret Atwood. And then and then I read a really depressing Star Wars book where everybody yes. dies in the end. I'm like, well, this is yes. great. I'm doing so good. <laughs> All right. We, 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 we got to read some Terry Pratchett or something after this one. Like, we need... we need. I actually... So that was yeah. part of what... Part of... Like, I I got through, like, ten books this month. I, yeah. Like, I was putting them away. But I read Weird Sisters and Mort this month. I so love Mort. It, well, it, was, it was a yeah. very nice palate yeah. cleanser yeah. between my imperialism america book and you know i read a whole lot of nonfiction this month and yeah. i needed my brain needed a rest so i reread some pratchett while we're, so, while we're talking about upcoming books is november mine or is that december i don't um, know what our next books are i can look that up for you um because i know we have a, a list somewhere and i have no same here a lot i've got a lot as well our next book is going to be In William Shatner's Sophie's Choice. Uh, so everybody <laughs> enjoy that no, one. Okay, hang yeah. on, I got it. So next is The Prey of the Gods okay. by yeah, Nikki Drayden. And then Who Fears Death by Nettie Okorafor. Cool, I don't know either one of those. That's exciting. Yep. They're both science fiction fantasy type yeah, the November one, I, I haven't read. It just sounded really interesting. So, What a strange step outside for us to read some sort of sci-fi fantasy book. I know, right? It's yeah. wild. All right, well, I, I think I got to go, you guys. But thanks for the discussion. Yep. Jason, hey. I'm glad you hopped on halfway thanks through. Thanks for letting me hop on. appreciate it. I had thoughts. Mm-hmm. Thank you for so many people for joining us. We yeah, really this is great. So cool. Great turnout. Thanks, Alana, for all of your texts, chat, yeah. inclusions, and everybody else that joined. We miss you, Lana. We hope we get you on the next one. Yeah. But so long for us, and we'll see you next month with In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. Bye. We're even for the games. Bye. Yeah.